I'm Dee Dee. And I'm Jen. And this is Murder on My Street. That game was heart-wrenching. I, uh, and my own worst enemy. <laughs> <laughs> Every fucking time. I know. Slate falls down in the end zone, so Justin throws a pick. Like, it's not I, like he ever falls down. <laughs> like, God. I'm just... I'm watching it, and I'm like, they're going to have another flag. There's going to be another flag. It's me on the Chargers again. Like, my God. At one point, I said, if this flag is on the Chargers, I'm turning this off. I just, ugh. Meanwhile, our wide receivers are being held. Yep. And giving piggyback rides. But can we get yep. that fucking call? Yep. Yep. I mean, I get it. It's the Cowboys. And they, I, I mean, the calls are going to go their way. Always. Yeah, you you have to play a mistake-free game. You cannot. You have to make that field goal. I do. I love that. Chargers, go for two so they can kick a field goal to tie it. Also, Chargers, miss the field goal to tie it. (laughs) Hashtag Charger thing. God. And then I see people on Twitter, and then we'll get into the story complaining about oh being a saints fan it just makes me so hard to root for you and blah blah what why don't you have a super bowl ring at least one right right why why and more than one appearance we fucking that's, gave that's you drew breeze exactly you should be so, huge charger fans <laughs> i mean i, I don't don't talk to me about long-suffering fans. Don't. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. One Super Bowl appearance. One. That's all I can say. But I'll still root for them. What else do I got? I don't have anything else. Right. <laughs> what else do I got? Root for the, the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, they move every time the wind changes. And they're the fucking Raiders. Oh, fuck. Uh, if the Chargers ever get into a, another Super Bowl in my lifetime, let alone win, you can just bury me. That's it. That's all I need. Right. My grandparents died waiting on a Super Bowl. <laughs> and we probably will too. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, I mean, ta- I mean, we're fans going back to, I mean, Dan Fouts. Yes. Rolf Bernerska. Kellen Winslow. It kills me that they didn't have a ring. Yeah. They came so close in 81. Yeah. Going, you know, through Natron Needs. We had that whole we belief, all that whole Ryan Leaf BS. We have suffered. Although we have have to be thankful for Ryan Leaf, because if it weren't for Ryan Leaf, we would not have had Drew Brees and LaDainian Tomlinson like that. Again, no ring, no nothing. 
No. And I still maintain if we had kept Drew Brees, he would not have had the career that he had. Oh, no, 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 no. Because the Chargers have never wanted to spend any type of money to, to put a, a decent team on the field. You have star players, positions here and there, but a full cohesive team. They wouldn't have spent the type of money that. Well, that he wouldn't have come back from that injury. He would not have worked as hard as he did. We put well, the fire in his belly when we cut his ass. True, because I thought I thought his career was over. It should have been. I thought he was. I I thought I thought he was done. Right, and he would have been done if we had kept him. So, and I truly and and this is not a like. I I have problems with Drew Brees that that are racially motivated with some of the comments he's made, but for sure I will say that going to New Orleans when he did, he was the quarterback that they needed at that time, not just on the field, but off the field because of how involved he got in that community. It was right after Katrina. It it just, everything came together for that city and for that quarterback and for that football team. And I, I don't begrudge him that, but I will go to my grave saying that he would not have been the same quarterback with us. His career would have been over. And I still, even without the Super Bowl, would have rather had Philip Rivers because I loved him. And it yeah. kills me that he doesn't have a ring. It kills me oh, that LT sure. doesn't have a ring. It kills me that Junior never got a ring. I mean, I mean. Welcome to Murder on charger street <laughs> exactly where because we're they kill you. us every season every season they kill us they rip our hearts out every single season every single game that game was heart-wrenching i mean although i feel like i get to the point now where i just resign myself to the fact that even if we're ahead 10 points going into the third quarter, I resign myself to the fact that we're going to still find a way to charge her and lose that game. Absolutely. But it still hurts. Like at all times. Game. Just. Good grief. All right. Well, hell. On that happy note. Poor mom was getting so (laughs) confused because she's watching the game and then she would get distracted talking to her friend who was over, who's a Dallas Cowboys fan. And I'm like, why did you even let her in the house? But she would get distracted. And so they would show like the Seahawks scoring and she, she would turn back and look at the screen just as the touchdown happened. And then she'd go, Oh no, they scored. And we're like, mom, that's Uh, not the Cowboys. That's a different game. She's like, Oh God, I hate when they do that. (laughs) I mean, the giveaway is the different uniforms, but, you know, we're all trying these days. It's trying time. (laughs) Everyone, just do the best you can. Take it from two Charger fans. Right. Live your life the best you can and just know. The Chargers are going to lose. We're not going to be in no Super Bowl. It won't ever happen. (laughs) And you don't need to worry about it. We don't need to hear nothing. Your analysis of, yeah, the co-signing that the Chargers are terrible. We know it. 
<laughs> keep your comments. I don't want to hear any comments. Okay. Back to Delphi and the 3.11 p.m. phone call from Libby's dad, Derek, letting her know that he's close that goes unanswered. So at 3.14, Derek pulls into the parking lot expecting the girls to be there, and they aren't. So he calls Libby's phone again, and again, she doesn't answer. Now, we remember this is in the span of we like 90 minutes. Yes. From when they were dropped off to when the call, the first call from Libby's dad saying I'm on my way. Right. Okay. 90 minutes. It's not like Libby to not answer the phone. So Derek parks and gets out of the car and he starts to walk the trails in search of the girls. And this, it just gives me chills to think that he is walking those trails and the killer is still there. I mean, likely still there somewhere in the park. What, what gives me nightmares is that he's there, he's walking the trail and they're still alive being told to be quiet. Don't scream, you know, like, Mm -hmm. Maybe, I mean, I guess I just don't, I don't want to speculate because, yeah, you could go into all sorts of just horrible, morbid things. It's it's chilling enough to me that he is in the park and the killer is still there. Exactly. And there are several trails, we covered this last week, that run through the park. So at the intersection of the trails, Derek runs into a guy that... Uh, is referred to frequently in this case as flannel shirt guy or FSG because he was wearing plaid. Okay. Just kidding. It's because he was wearing flannel. Mm -hmm. He asks FSG if he has seen the girls and flannel shirt guy tells Derek, no, but there's a couple at the bridge. So Uh Derek decides since, you know, the girls, This guy hasn't seen the girls. He's not going to take that trail. So he takes the 505 trail, which is down to the creek, which is even more chilling given where the bodies were ultimately found. And I think it very well could have been over by this point, which gives us even less time because you figure the timestamps on Instagram 207. And it's 3.11 when he pulls up. So less than an hour. Yeah. Yeah. So he, since he doesn't find the girls down there, Mm -hmm. he goes back up, retracing his steps. And at 3.30, he decides he's going to call his mom and let her know that he can't find Libby and Abby and that Libby isn't answering her phone. So he asks Mm -hmm. her to try calling. Okay. While he's still looking. So she and her daughter, Tara, both start calling and texting Libby. And I cannot imagine at this point, even if you're not worried, like, you know, when you get fucking annoyed at someone and they're not answering your texts and you just start text bombing them because you're like, answer your phone because you're scaring the crap out of me. But for sure, when you're talking 13 and 14 year old girls who have 
never not answered the phone. And now is the time they're going to pick to not answer when they just said they were going to go on a hike. They knew their, that dad was coming to pick them up. They had a ride. They, that was the agreement. Why wouldn't they answer? So at that point, I would be in full panic mode. I probably would have been annoyed probably early on. Like I get to the parking lot. Okay. I'm okay. I'm on my way. Strange. She didn't answer. That's, you know, I'm going to talk to her about it. She's supposed to answer my call. You get to the parking lot. Okay. I'm here. Still no answer. Okay. Now I'm getting, I'm upset and I'm starting to get scared. By the time I'm reaching out to my mom and sister or whoever else, I am probably panicked. Yes. Trying to fight that panic down. I think like, like, do I need to call the police? Are they just what? Why aren't they answering me? So maybe if they see someone else calling, maybe they'll answer just probably irrational. I mean, that doesn't make any sense why they, you know, they were expecting you, dad, to 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 be there. So why wouldn't they answer? So I think the fact that they weren't picking up for anybody must have sent everyone into a panic. Yeah. Derek decides he's going to walk the Freedom Bridge Trail this time. He bumps into flannel shirt guy again, but there's no sign of the girls. Is flannel shirt guy, is he the same guy we saw in the video? No, no, this is a separate guy. We're sure. I mean, we're not sure. I know. I know. Yeah. Don't think I didn't have that thought every time I go over this timeline to see. I mean, like, we're obviously not going to find anything the investigators missed in the in the information that has been released because we don't have enough information. But there were times where when I read back through I'm like hmm, I don't know did they check him out really good though yeah. I mean you know okay. so there's no sign of the girls so by 4 p.m. when they're not responding to all of these calls in these texts and worry has been building Becky and Tara decide they're going to join Derek with the search so Tara leaves to join Derek. Becky calls her husband, Mike, Libby's grandfather. And then she calls Kelsey. And both Mike and Kelsey head to the park to join the search. Mm-hmm. Tara's the first to arrive. And Derek briefs her on where he's searched so far. Now, But Libby's uncle Cody joins her grandma. And the two of them drive there are two routes, I guess, that the girls might have taken home had they decided to walk home. Mm-hmm. And I just thought this was such a clever mm-hmm. thought. Right. You know, just to make sure, because you right. are panicked, but you also, there have been times where we panicked our parents. And well, yeah. It, and you have to think like, okay, 13-year-olds, 14-year-olds, they, you know, their thinking sometimes isn't, you know, their decision-making isn't always the best. Right. So it's like, oh, yeah, we had set up a ride, but uh, let's just go. I don't want to wait. 
I've so, done that before. Yeah. yeah. Of course they wouldn't, they wouldn't have thought to call dad or grandma and say, uh, we decided to walk home. Because if you think you're going to get there before the person calls you. Yeah. You know, that that's definitely a possibility, but then when they call you and you don't pick up the phone, I think that's their answer that that isn't what happened. But, you know, you, I'm really glad that they did that just for their mm-hmm. own peace of mind. So there's, of course, there's no sign of the girls. Okay. Bad things don't happen in Delphi. But so at this point, I'm, <laughs> I don't know. Previous, previous to this. Yes. <laughs> okay. But. Taking that in context and being there in that moment, I'm sure you're thinking is bad things don't happen in Delphi. You are not thinking that the girls, that something is horribly forever wrong. You're you're probably thinking that they're hurt on the trail. I mean, that would be my thing. Something Mm -hmm. happened and or they dropped their phone and something happened or or it's dead or, you know, when they tried to get it. Right. Yeah, right. So once Becky and Cody get there, you've got the family Mm -hmm. searching the park. Kelsey and Cody, and this part also gives me chills. They walk across the Monin High Bridge. So they're on the other end where the girls were to begin with. So they can see down the hill and into the private driveway. From there, they spend about a half an hour calling for the girls. So they're yelling their names. They're not getting any response. And Kelsey does the smart thing. She calls Libby's phone over and over. Right. Listening for the ring. Right. It rings on her end. So she knows the call is going through, but they don't hear Libby's cell phone ringing. And it's quiet. It's quiet enough. Kelsey would have heard it. She should have heard it. So smart. Right. Yes. Like, I'm just so impressed with the, with everything that the family did. I don't know that I would be able to keep my shit together enough to, to do all of this. So her grandma, Becky, calls AT&T while they're searching to see if if they can get them to ping Libby's phone. Wow. Of course. Wow. I never would have thought of of any of that. Of course they won't. Without, what, a court order or something? Yeah, it's for legal reasons. But, I mean, I guess make sure your child's account is under your name. Maybe that was the issue. I would think if. Her cell phone was under her grandmother's name. She should be able to get them to do it. But for whatever reason, they cited legal reasons and they won't do it. So Becky asks about phone tracking apps. Mm -hmm. She downloads one of the apps herself in hopes that it'll help her track the phone. But since Libby didn't have the app on her phone, it's It's a strikeout there. But again, a, such a smart idea mm-hmm. to try. I just can't imagine keeping my wits about me. I mean, I just feel like I'd be hysterical and everyone else would be having to think of everything for me. So 
I'm just you so impressed. You don't know when you're put into that type of situation, just how you'll respond. I mean, you may think that you would fall apart, but it may make you laser focused too. Meanwhile, uh, no one's been able to reach Abby's mom, Anna. Libby's grandmother has been trying her and isn't having any luck. So she drives to her house and she finds out that Anna is at work. At 5.20 p.m., the family calls police to officially report the girls missing. Because at this point, there's no doubt Mm -hmm. at all that something is horribly wrong. And we need help in this situation. So while Becky is trying to get a hold of Anna and trying to find Anna, Abby's mom, Mike calls and lets her know the police want us to come in so -hmm. that we can officially file a missing persons report. And at this point, Anna has she she checks her phone from work gets a hold of Becky and agrees to meet them at the police station. And I can't even imagine. I mean, you get this message. You've got to come down to the police station. We can't find the girls. I don't know. I don't know. As a, as a mother of an only child, it's like, I don't know if you wait for the call. It sounds so morbid. And I mean, I'm going to cry because it's like, you just don't, you send them out into the world and you just don't know mm-hmm. if you're going to get them back. And uh, and I don't know if you just kind of, as a parent, there's a little part of you that just kind of steals yourself for that. It's like a little, a little part of this world. is just so, it's a hard place, this place. It is. So I don't know how she... How she did it. The family also blasted social media. So Mm -hmm. they've got it going on social media that the girls are missing. Word is out. Word is spreading. People are showing up at the park to help search. Right. The the official search begins at 6 p.m. involving law enforcement and friends and family and community members who've heard about it on social media. And that's the part where I start to get nervous. Mm. And it's the problem with having an outdoor area, too, is the amount of people that you need to search. Right. And the the amount of things that can go wrong, stuff that can be missed, things that can be trampled on. It, it just, I think it intensifies in that situation. Right. I think you have a lot of people with good intention that want to come help. And sometimes maybe they hinder more than help. Right. Kelsey is, she's fucking amazing, man. Every interview I watch with her, you know, and she probably wouldn't even think she's as amazing as she is, but she knew the areas the girls would have gone. So she took everyone there first. Wow. Right. Wow. Forethought. I mean, just. And again, doing everything right. Mm-hmm. Dotting every T. Dotting every T. Because you dot your T's and you cross your I's, people. Because the, because the police are going to say, well, 
you know, are you sure they didn't run away? So you're doing all of those things before you have to answer those, those questions. Yep. Well, and to the police's credit too, they were not, they didn't automatically label them runaways and refuse to look for them. So we need to acknowledge that mistakes will be made, but that was not one of them. They took it seriously from the beginning and they have genuinely wanted to find the girls and to figure out what happened to them. So Kelsey takes them all of the places that she feels like they would have gone first, but there is no sign of the girls. She gave the police information about where she dropped the girls off, and then she shows them the Snapchat. And I know they grilled her pretty hard because you have to rule out family members. But also, I feel like when you're the last person to see someone, Mm -hmm. the police are automatically going to want to talk to you. We're talking to you, Brian Laundrie, whose parents are fucking hiding him. Is he that what you think? missing. I don't Is even think he's where they're searching. His parents know exactly where they are, and they're lying about where he is. These That's people have not one. told the truth from the beginning. Why should we believe them now? And if you don't know what we're talking about, this is this is the 22-year-old van blogger who's, uh, they think they have found her roommate. And I honestly would even buy into the fact that in their sleep deprivation, I we mean, we can't get into all this. Wait, hold on. We can't get into all this. We got to You're that, right. That's a we, side that, track. We got to Okay, let's, let's, let's get back find to the Sorry. Brian yeah, and yeah, we got to find out maybe we'll that'll be a case. Maybe a that'll be a th- maybe that'll be a through case like okay, this is what's happening with with that case. Right. Okay. We'll that later we'll come back so you have everybody searching all over this park with no sign of the girls and at midnight carroll county sheriff tobe lesenby calls off the search why his decision will be questioned and is controversial i'm i'm not really sure how controversial it is well because it's dark out and it's a park with uneven areas and you can't have people stumbling about in the dark injuring themselves walking over evidence like i feel like he made the right call in that aspect i feel like where he went wrong was not securing the entire fucking park so he calls it off, but but here's the part, the, the one part that just really bothers me. He calls the search off for the night, saying he's doing so because he doesn't have any indication foul play is involved or any indication that the girls are in immediate danger. Now, that's a fucking lie. Right. I mean, that's it's the reasoning behind calling it off that I think is wrong. I mean, foul play just means doesn't that mean like suspicious circumstances? What does that mean? Because maybe it wasn't foul play, but 
not an imminent danger and they've been missing now for 10 hours and no one's heard of them. And they are 13 and 14 year old girls who were just going to go for a quick hike in an afternoon. And I'm sure that they were not prepared to spend a whole entire night overnight in the woods. I'll play. It's criminal violence or activity that results in a person's death. So I think he was just saying at this point, he didn't have any indication that there was any criminal activity involved in the girls disappearing. But I feel like it should have been one or the other. Either you suspect there's criminal activity and that someone has them or you think they're in immediate danger because they're going to be trapped in a park overnight without the okay. eight essentials to get them through with the with the temperature dropping. I mean, yeah, they yeah. had jackets, but that's it. And they know this park. They know this park. I mean, maybe you want to call off the volunteers, but there are people who should know know how to do this this search. That can do it after dark. Right. If you got, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess if it were me and it's my 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 child, I'm thinking you can't have helicopters with big spotlights. I mean, they they shine them all in in your residential neighborhoods down here in in the city when they're looking for somebody. They can't do that in the woods. That's a very good point. I don't know. Do they have helicopters out in rural areas? I, I mean, maybe it's it's unrealistic. Maybe I'm being naive, and I don't know. Clearly, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm just on a podcast, but. I don't know. There's no group of professionals that can could continue the search overnight. I don't know. Maybe that's not in in this instance. It's it's just not something that's possible. I mean, you also have to look at resources, and I don't know. Right. They, I could I could make a whole other commentary on police point, resources, but we'll just move on. At this point, you have, right, we could go into how they don't seem to not have resources when it comes to showing up armed against their own citizens in a protest. But when we're looking for, you know, people missing, then all of a sudden we don't have Have the resources. And I'm not, and I don't know if that's that's the, the issue in this case. Right, because they did have state police involvement already in addition to the yeah. local county yeah. sheriff. So we've got both. It, it's a, it's a, the terrain though, like I looking at the drone flyover, studying this, this part, like it's the terrain and the fact that the girls are nowhere on the trail. Right. If they are there, and this is thinking in the moment, if they are there, they have to be off the trail. In the rugged terrain. So you don't want people who aren't trained in that park looking. So I think he called it. I I just don't think he called it for the right reasons. And like you said, why couldn't he have had professionals continue to search? And if you're going to call it, you need to secure it. Because as a family member, you're not going to get me to stop looking. Exactly. I don't care if I break every bone in my body. I will die out there trying to find my child, my niece, my cousin, my, my, my neighbor, my, my, my daughter's friend. I'm going to keep looking. 
Right. Because you're not, but I'm not letting again, them spend but then again, the I'm, And now I'm lost and now you got to spend resources coming to look for me. Right. That's true. Everyone's got to find Dee Dee. Now everybody's, uh, we lost Dee Dee. You know, she never keeps her phone charged. It's off. We can't She's let off. you search because yeah. you would light a fire that would burn Listen, down the entire I need area to be, just to get I need out. to be at the command center, first <laughs> yes. of all. I'm not. You need to I be w- organizing the search. You exactly. Actually good at exactly. That. I can make sure people have food and water, and their walkie talkies are charged, and I can do all of that. Right. For sure. I'm no longer saying so <laughs> to start every sentence. Now I'm saying right constantly. <laughs> New drinking game. How about this, people? This is free, so you're going to get what we give you. <laughs> it may be so at the beginning, at the sentence, maybe right. So when it comes to this search, ah, there's a so. <laughs> there. What's done is done. Mm-hmm. He called the search. Nothing we can do about it now. People still kept looking for the exact reasons you and I would have kept looking and no one got hurt because it was a small enough group and they knew the terrain, but they didn't find the girls. We'll never know whether anything was compromised because of people continuing to search, but I don't, I, I guess I want to find them. Right. As far as evidence, fuck evidence. I need to find them. Well, you say that in the moment, but then if you find them deceased and foul play is involved, then you're like, oh, shit. Did I trample over? We all trampled over. We can't get plaster casts of of footprints because we don't know who's. We're going to have to sort out 80 sets of boot prints here because everybody's wearing their boots. Traipsing down. I guess I'm not. I'm I'm not. my state of mind as a parent, not as a professional, I don't care about, I don't care. Right. I need to find my, ba- I need to find my baby. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't care how many footprints, how many leaves we trample. I don't care. I need to get my baby back home. So damn your evidence right now. Yes. And you are not the sheriff, and that's why the sheriff makes the decisions he makes, and the mom, or in this case, the grandparents, the aunts and uncles, the sister, they make the decisions that they make. And you can chastise me at the end once I have my child back. Right. Their priority is the girls, and that's exactly where the rest of us would have been as well. There's you. I could not have sat still and not looked could you imagine okay i'm gonna go to bed go to bed my baby's out in the in the woods somewhere no we're never not sleeping. never it couldn't happen it couldn't not me and i don't and you girl you know i don't like the woods i'm not going to the woods we wouldn't have been living anywhere near the woods for her to to go out <laughs> to the woods but if we were i'm not sleeping i'm not sleeping i'm not sleeping knowing my child is out there i'm just not I don't care what evidence I trample. I am looking for my child. Right. I'm going to say 
exactly. And I'll edit that in instead of right. <laughs> <laughs> but we can't say exactly right because that's Karen Kilgaris. Oh, sh- yeah. Yeah. Oops. That's their whole network name is exactly right. Well, we only yeah. say one or the other here. <laughs> we say uh, so. And right. So, right. And that's it. <laughs> Right. So Tuesday, February 14th, the search resumes the next morning. I was looking at timelines and I was trying to figure out because I want I was genuinely curious what time they got boots back out there on the ground. The sheriff did Mm -hmm. how long you were expecting the family to wait until you started searching again. But I could not find an exact time. There was a reporter on the scene at around 4.30 that morning that stated that people were out searching. Mm -hmm. But I think that was still the family and the friends and the people who had been searching overnight. Because there were tweets with pictures of groups assembling for an official search that were posted anywhere from 10 a.m. until after 11 a.m. But... Like, did it really take that fucking long to get organized? What time is sunrise? First of all, if the search is called off overnight, that means you're organizing what you're going to do in a couple hours when the sun comes up. Thank you. What time was sunrise? You need to be out there like an hour before sunrise. It's just crazy to me. So maybe they were, and maybe what happened was they were doing it in shifts. So they would train this set of, they would tell this, this set of of volunteers and they would go out and the next set of volunteers, let's give them the benefit of the doubt, but I'm not sure that was the case. I thought you were supposed to do this stuff by like grids and it's like, okay, we're going to, but maybe that's more like a field type of thing. I don't know. So that you're not, searching the same place over and over and over again. Right. This sounded like they sent them out in different parties and different groups. Okay. Okay. Um, And, and this group was in charge of searching this area and this group was Mm -hmm. in charge of searching this area. I gotcha. I gotcha. And Kelsey was in one of the groups that came close to where the girls were found. Oh my God. It was shouted up. Mm-hmm. to her to ask if anyone knew what clothing the girls were wearing. And then someone shouted out the name of the shoes, the brand of the shoes. Mm-hmm. And Kelsey knew at that point. Oh. But she did not know that they were, you know, dead. Like in the, in the moment, this, yeah. This is so sweet. Kelsey had packed a bag with various items of comfort for Libby and Abby, for her sister and her sister's best friend. So she threw in granola bars, like thinking that they would be hungry. When they they found them. Oh, my God. Right. So her immediate thought in that moment is, is to get to Libby. Right. Right. But the word is passed that they aren't alive. There were two separate groups in that area. So one was following footprints. And the other one 
one of the searchers was looking at deer and then he scanned down from the deer and he found Abby and Libby. Mm. Right. Mm. Kelsey still wanted to go to her sister, but someone in the group held her back and said to her, we don't know what state they're in. You can't go down there. It really just, it was at good that point. At that point, it's, it's, it's yeah. Woman's Sorry, go ahead. Part. It's, it's like in the Kelsey cabin or the Kelsey cabin, the cabin 28 murders mm-hmm. where that young teenage boy had the forethought to bring the boys out the window so they didn't have to go through the living room. It, it, it reminds me of that in this, this woman grabbing Kelsey and not allowing her to go because we don't know. We don't know what the scene and you will not be able to erase that from your mind. Right. And this, it, this haunts Kelsey enough. We didn't need to add that to it. Right. It's already unfair enough as it is. It's already the worst possible outcome. Right. Right. Seeing the, The end, the, 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 the remains, the end isn't going to help anyone. No. It's not how you want to remember your sister. It's not how you want to remember your sister's friend. I, I, like, I don't understand, like, open casket funerals. I don't. That's not, like, my, my grandfather had an open casket funeral. No, I hate funerals to begin with. I've told, I've told, see, they're screaming in the background. Yo, oh, hold on. It's, it's, it's going to be World War Three over here. Hold on a second. Hey, yo, 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 <laughs> yo, hey, keep it down. I'm recording. What are you all yelling for? Who's yelling? Steven and Kira, they're having some sort of discussion, probably about uh, 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 Nerf blasters or something, and they talk really loud about it. Well, Nerf blasters are exciting. Well, she just got a. I don't know what a Nerf blaster is. I don't know either. They got a Nerf something, the two of them yesterday. She got like a gift certificate from her grandparents for her 13th birthday. And so she went and got some Nerf gun for her and for. Is it her and her father? She and her father? I don't know. You're the English major. What? Which is it? They're adorable. So, who knows? Now there's, dude, like, I can, I can win and I can beat you. And ugh, take it outside. <laughs> Wait, with take only it. one gun? Two. No, they bought two. Okay. I mean, because that would be weird. Right. Just one, just one hiding. They're taking pew, pew, pew. turns. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. It's my turn. You got to go collect all the things. All right. Okay. Go ahead. So the bodies were discovered on the back end of private property, about 50 feet from the shore of Deer Creek and approximately one mile from where they were dropped off. I know it just kills me so close. 
So didn't someone go down to the creek initially to look? Her dad, Derek, did. I'm and not so were they, sure where that trail came out. But who knows when they were put, when they were where left. They were found. Yes. Number one, who knows? Who knows if it was even over at that point? Right. I'm sure it was at least close to being over. It's horrifying to think that it wasn't when he was in the park. But also, how long it took them to be found anyways. I mean, the bodies were, I don't know that much about, no one does, because they haven't released any specific information about the crime scene or the Mm -hmm. state that the bodies were in. But the fact that someone was looking and spotted deer first and then followed the eye line down from the deer. Right. Knew that he was looking at something that wasn't right and then realized it was Abby and Libby. Tells me Derek probably could have come really close to them and at that point wouldn't have even known it was them. And I don't think he did. I don't think that's where the trail comes out at all. Because it's a trail and they were discovered at the back end of private property. Okay. At 2 p.m., Indiana State Police Information Officer Kim Riley, Carroll County Sheriff Tobe Lesenby, and Delphi Police Chief Steve Mullins hold a joint press conference to announce that two bodies have been found. They don't confirm the identities of the bodies. But they do say the search efforts will be scaled back and it's now being investigated as a crime scene. And now they suspect foul play. They didn't last night. No. Okay. All right. They did it last night. So the autopsies will be conducted Wednesday morning. On February 15th. And later on that day, the press conference comes acknowledging that the bodies are indeed Abby and Libby. And this case is now a double homicide. One of the reporters asks, why are you labeling it a homicide? Why do you think it's a homicide? And the response is, Because of the way the bodies were found. And I'm sure they don't give any detail. No. No, and I think in our final episode, we'll get more into that because I don't. I I think that when we start discussing it, the way you and I are is we may fall down a rabbit hole of speculation and. Mm -hmm. I don't want to get to that point yet. Right. right now. I just right. want to stick with laying everything out because right. Right. I feel like the timeline is just so important. Right. And on the 15th, we're, we see Bridge Guy or BG for the first time. Okay. We're shown an image of him. It's a still photo. And investigators simply say that they would like to speak with this man. We're given a sketch and we'll show the sketch with that episode this week. The sketch that was with 
last week's episode is the current sketch, which is not the same sketch that was released in 2017. And we'll go over that later as well. This sketch shows a man who looks to be in his, I would say, 40s, maybe 50s. Yeah. I guess if he lived a hard life of drinking and drugging and working hard, he could be in his 30s. I don't know. But clearly matches the still photo of the guy on the bridge that they show us. We also get to hear the audio, but it's only three words. It's just down the hill. Now, they had to bring in, I think Disney actually helped because the recording wasn't as clear. Uh-huh. Oh, did when, they bring in, like, sound engineers to kind yes. of clean it up? Yep, to clean it up and to isolate it and to give us Come all on, technology. Out. Let's go, technology. Right. On February 19th, since they've spent days and hundreds of people were taking tips after gathering evidence, speaking with witnesses, tips coming in on February 19th, they officially label bridge guy, the primary suspect. We don't know what else is on the audio at that point, but we still don't. Right. We don't know what else is on the phone except those couple of things that they released we don't even know that they have the phone true true because this is all just off of the the app i don't think the audio can be off the app because snapchat i don't know how long snapchat doesn't go on for that long but if you hit voice recording in your phone Mm -hmm. that will continue to go unless someone calls your phone And then it shuts off. Mm. Mm. So it could be voice recording all the way up until the point that Derek calls. We don't know. So on February 22nd, this press conference is when we learned that the image and the audio both came from that phone, from Libby's phone. I thought it was interesting that... The word that Indiana State Police Public Information Officer Tony Slocum used was murderers, plural. Hmm. But that's the only time we hear them say that. And it could just be a slip up. I'm sure it was. Maybe somebody let something slip. I mean, but again, speculation and conjecture theory. The FBI joined the investigation on February 23rd and billboards started going up right away. And a huge reward is offered for information. They execute a search warrant on the man who owns the private property who was not involved in the murder. Okay. They just want to Yeah, you got you to gotta do it by the book. And, of course, the case grows cold. They'll say the case is not cold, but in 2019, they still don't have. They're no closer. So they hold another press conference in April of that year. Mm -hmm. And we have a new sketch. 
Okay. It is a very different sketch. It is the sketch is that it, we showed with the first so, one. But how, how, how does it come to be so different? All right. This guy looks much younger. He doesn't match the bridge guy image. He's not wearing a hat. His neck is visible. It's very, very fucking confusing. Because here's and here's what also makes it confusing. Indiana State Police released a statement with it, and I'm going to read it today. A new sketch of the suspect appearing to be in his mid 20s to mid 30s and believed responsible for the murders of the girls was shared with the Delphi community and media. As the investigation has progressed, information has been continuously reviewed and examined, and this sketch more accurately depicts the face of the suspect from the video recorded on Liberty German's cell phone while she and Abigail were on the high bridge. So they've gone back to Libby's original from the recording and where he was once mid-30s, mid-40s, he's now mid-20s, mid-30s? I guess, but also... The Indiana State Police. This is coming from Sergeant Kim Riley. Not the same person as the first one. He issues another statement. Police emphasized that a new sketch of a suspect's face is not supposed to be a different take on the composite sketch of a heavier, older looking man. They are, according to Indiana State Police Sergeant Kim Riley, not the same person. So is it the same person or is it a different person? So one, so one person says it's the same person. Another person says, oh no, we're not saying that this is just a revised photo. This is an act. This is new. But it's not new They say this is the original one that they've always had, but they released the other one. And now they're going back to that original sketch. That don't make no damn sense. It's about to get more confusing. Also, we get more audio. They add guys to down the hill. There was more audio. Mm Mm-hmm. There may so even be much, more than this. How much How much more audio do they have? They're not saying. There has to be more, though, because if they're saying they record all the way through to when one of the girls, it becomes clear what's about to happen. That There's no way he, all that he said to them was, guys, down the hill. And then he didn't speak. And the they were like, OK, I guess. I mean, no. So I'm sure there's more audio that they haven't released. There is also now a suspicious vehicle mentioned. It's parked at an abandoned building near the Freedom Bridge. A car was parked in the abandoned CPS building parking lot between the hours of noon and 5 p.m. on February 13th, 2017. We are looking for anyone who could give us a description of vehicles that were in the parking lot during that time. So now they've got a vehicle that was left for five hours. Two years ago. 
What kind of vehicle? Do they say? Of course they don't say. Why wouldn't you tell me what kind of vehicle? Is it a, is it a Dodge Ram? Is it a, a Volkswagen Jetta? What the fuck is it? Come is on, it Dee. A, Hyundai, a Hyundai Accent? What, what kind of car is it? So I could be looking like, oh, yeah, my, my, my neighbor three doors down has got a silver uh, Toyota Camry. Right. Don't you remember who parked at the abandoned building down the street two years ago, Dee Dee? But you I remember the know, make and model but, of that car. But I might know it's a white van and homie around the corner who I've always thought looked kind of weird has a white van. It just doesn't make. Tell me what sense. kind of car I should be looking for. Damn. Like there was a car there. If you know anything, let us know. Well, what kind of car was it? It, does it? Is it a car that looks like mine? Is it a car that looks like the librarian? And are you thinking that, like, we're going to call and be like, oh, I was parked there. That was my car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't worry about that. That was me. I just feel like, yeah, like you said, tell us the make and model of the car and you're going to get more people calling in. Well, you don't, don't even need to say you car. can tell me. You can even tell me it was a blue sedan. All right. I know it's not uh, a dark sedan because that's what I have. But, hey, I, you know. Or maybe they don't want to release the make and model of the car because they're afraid that, that what happened, like, say, in the case of the Springfield 3, where that van ended up being a rainbow-colored van because everybody saw a van, but it was always a different color. Like, I don't know. But again, if you say it is a blue hatchback, I'm not going to look for, hey, I think that pink PT Cruiser might be the. No, that's not it. I just feel like if you if you haven't, if you don't have enough witnesses or you don't have enough information or you're asking for information, the more info you can give to jog memories Thank you. Help me help you. Come on, Jerry Maguire. Help me help you. Let's go. Jerry Maguire. And what was what was uh, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s uh, name? It was, was it Todd? No. <laughs> was it Steve? Well, it was. All I can think of, I know Regina. It was Rod Tidwell. <laughs> exactly, Rod. Rod Todd. I was close, but it was Regina King. Regina King. All oh, I can say is Regina King. All Regina the way. Regina King. Regina King from all 227. Day. Regina King. Uh, Regina King. So next week, we'll get on to speculation and. Yes, like, we'll talk about the evidence. We'll go over speculation and we will talk about Paul Holes and his opinion because Paul, are you kidding? He is everything. My God. To Dee Dee. I respect him. I would say something. I would say something really vulgar, but it's. (laughs) I'm still trying to get a job. So if somebody that doesn't think or feel that way, (gasps) but that's why we're friends. Because the boys that you liked were never the boys I liked. That's true. That's true. I'm like, really? 
really? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess if you like it, then I love it, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever makes you happy. (laughs) Girl, if you're happy, I'm ecstatic. That's all I can say. (laughs) I just want you to be happy. Yeah, yeah, girl. Yeah, he, yeah, he's, like, I had a friend, we were uh, at a bar, and this dude, we were, it was happy hours after work. And this dude kept staring at my, my friend and she was like, oh, look at, he's, oh, he's so, he's so cute. I said, cute? Where? <laughs> like, look, she's like, you don't think he's, why don't you think he's cute? And this is what I said out loud, because I'm looking at his face. And let me tell you this part. His name was Corey. And I know this because when my friend went to go to the restroom, here comes Corey and his ugly ass face to say, hey, give my friend your number. And uh, I'm, I, he like sent over a drink for her. And then he said, uh, give your friend my number. As soon as he left, I crumpled that shit up. Here is the lesson, Corey, and for all of you Corys out there, if you want the home girl to pass along your number, buy her a drink too. Damn. <laughs> Corey. That's no, awesome. you're not getting her. No, no. And she's happily married to someone else. I went to her wedding yesterday. If you want the hookup, you got to grease the wheels, my friend. So with that, stay we safe will... and yep. we'll see you all next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.